Hello, welcome to I Guess We're Grownups Now on the goodstuff.fm podcast network. I'm your host, Carrie Halstead, and today's guest is my friend Jeff Reed. He and I are going to be talking about midlife and all the horrible, awesome stuff associated with that. This is episode 13, so links and show notes can be found at goodstuff.fm slash grownups slash 13. Please enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Carrie, and joining me today is Jeff Reed. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Carrie. How are you? I'm actually really well, thanks. I'm glad to hear it. Thanks for joining me on uh, I Guess We're Grownups Now. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, uh, I'm a, a husband and father. Uh, got a couple little girls and um, software engineer uh, by profession. I, I intentionally did not lead with my profession. Um, after previous episodes, I realized that uh, it was the one you were talking with Adam about how we always lead with our, our job. And I've been trying to consciously not do that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was born in Nova Scotia, moved to Saskatchewan when I was eight, been in Saskatoon for pretty much the rest of my life. Uh, so I'm, I'm a prairie person with salt water blood. <laughs> um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. And I don't usually ask people this on my, my podcast, but I think it's kind of relevant to our topic today. Um, what's your age? Uh, I can't believe you asked me that. No, I am 36.97 years old. 36.97? Oh my gosh, like your birthday is coming up? Yeah. When? 10 days. On the wow. 30th. Well, happy birthday. In oh, thank you. Yeah, it's quite quite good timing for uh, uh, an episode about age and uh, right near my birthday. So Totally. Well, just um, in case people haven't been listening to other podcasts or like writing down notes, um, my age is 42, so I'm just slightly older than you. Um, but yeah. Do you usually listen to, I guess, we're grownups now? I do. I do. Uh, you're actually my first podcast. Um, I, I've I listened to episodes of podcasts before, so I usually tech stuff. Um, but this is the first one that I've actually been following. Wow, I'm very flattered. So, I, what what kind of things have been resonating with you? Um, well, the the main thing that I've been getting is that uh, nobody feels like adults. Right. <laughs> that seems to be a common thing. Like, do you feel grown up? No, I don't. You've had some like really interesting guests on, um, but my favorite episode has been was the one the an act of political warfare oh, where okay. it was just you. Yeah. Um, and the main thing is that like the the where you talked about like how you're dealing how how you deal with stress and stuff like that so different from what I do. Really? Like the, oh, that's the whole the whole like naming the the cause of the stress or the cause of the panic. Yeah. And like kind of like that's like me me I just kind of I feel the weight and I'm like okay maybe I'll go and like read or I'll meditate or something like that and just kind of make it go away whatever it is. So I, it was, but it's something that like, how do you deal with like stress in your life? It's something people don't talk about. So hearing somebody say, here's what I do to get through this type of stuff was, that, that was really interesting. So um, the topic that you and I have picked for today is talking about midlife. So yeah. <laughs> what do you think of when you hear the word midlife? Uh, well, the first thing that comes to my mind always is uh, is the movie City Slickers. And this got me thinking about midlife. I saw it. It was on TV, I guess, probably about two months ago now. And uh, I remember it from, like, I guess, when it came out. And uh, always thinking about, oh, poor Billy Crystal. He's he's so old and his life is, is so tough and all that. And I'm watching it. And, and uh, I didn't realize it was like, it's all centered around his 39th birthday. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm about to be 37. Like, I'm not Billy Crystal. I'm not like that. And it really got me thinking about kind of just in general, like what is midlife, right? Because um, I don't, I don't feel like I'm in the middle of my life. Um, I don't feel really like I'm grown up. Even you know, it's like, yes, I've got, I've got kids that I have to like teach them all the little things they need to learn. But I don't feel like an adult. You know, right? And um, I mean, part of that maybe might be like my parents. 
um, luckily both of my parents are still alive and they live in the city here and I see them at least once a week. So maybe that's part of it. It's like still, I can see the home I grew up in anytime I want. Right. So, right. You've still got that son role that you play. Yeah. And I mean, anybody who knows me knows that, uh, I, I tend towards the immature. Um, I have no my, idea what you're talking about, Jeff. My sense of humor primarily. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so it's like I was watching City Slickers, and he's having this, like, this big crisis. And there's that one scene where he goes to career day at his kid's school and has that big rant about, like, kids, this is the time. You can make choices. You can do stuff and all that. And I'm like, am I, like, two years from that? Is, is that – am I going to degrade from where I am right now to a loathsome raid – rant rather at my kids class in only two years and and so it it really got me thinking about that you know um so as far as what i think about what midlife is i don't know if i know um but i do know that the word makes me think of city slickers and how i i don't want to be there (laughs) you're not ready for a midlife crisis yet no no and i i don't i've been I'm wondering, like, is that is that still a thing? You know, I don't hear much about like stuff like that. Like, I I know people who've gone through things that look like they could be midlife crises. Um, like one person I know bought a sports car and then he uh, his he he left his wife and then got engaged a little bit later and all that. And I'm like, is that a midlife crisis or is he just an asshole? <laughs> you know, because um, I mean. Or I, are I don't just really the choices that made sense to him as he lived and he didn't like, do you know you're going through midlife crisis when you do? Stuff yeah. Like that? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And, you know, especially at least around like the kind of the, the variant of it that is in city slickers is so much of that was about his career. Right. It's like, mm. he's got this job where it's like soul sucking and, and all that. And I've never really felt like trapped like that. Right. You know, I, like I've worked at some at some bad places with and for some bad people, and that, but I've never felt really like caged in by it. You know, and and that that may be a symptom of the industry that I'm in. You know, like um, being a, a tech worker. You know, really, worst case scenario, I can always just decide to change. Right. You know, especially with like remote work becoming a bigger thing um, and more. I guess palatable to employers. It's it's not as much, you know, like the the idea of, you know, back in say the eighties, you know, if you're like a an aging auto worker, um, you've been building Mazdas for your whole life and what are you gonna do if you want to change that? Right. You know, like I don't know if I mean, so maybe I mean my my perspective on it certainly might be skewed by the fact that I'm in a an industry that maybe the career part of a midlife crisis doesn't apply as much. Maybe. I mean, I'm also in the tech industry, slightly different. I'm a technical writer, but, um, but I just passed my 20 year anniversary at the the same company. Um, and I, I think I feel trapped sometimes. I mean, it's certainly a gilded cage, but, but, but I would say, um, in thinking about our topic here, I, I thought to myself, I have more symptoms of midlife crisis when it comes to my career than any of the other areas of my life. Well, mm. Although I think I'm kind of in denial about my age too, like trying to do things that are younger than my demographic, but... And I think that's a classic symptom of midlife crisis is this urge to throw off what your age is and act like a 23 year old again. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I've known some people that were like well past middle age, like into like well senior age or even elderly, you know, people that just act young, you know, right. some people, some people are just like that. I don't know if it's them trying to, keep a hold on their youth or so much that some people are just youthful personalities, you know? Right. Maybe it's more a statement of society and what sort of ages we lump things, certain behaviors into. And it's not that those people are 
intentionally trying to act young. It's just that the things they like doing aren't what society usually assigns to their age bracket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I've been like, as much as I'm, I'm immature as far as my humor goes, I've been a, a cranky old get off my lawn guy for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just kind of, that's just how I am, you know? (laughs) Um, which is, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's part of the aging process or not, but uh, like just being ragey at at people who do things that are inconsiderate, especially driving. I find I found my I find that has been getting worse and worse for me. But I don't know that it's because I'm aging or because I'm just you know collecting a larger volume of things that bother me. Right. Some of this is just accretion of time and all the stuff that comes with living longer is you've got more experience. So you've got more bad experiences and more to be cranky about. Yeah. yeah. And, and more things like a family. Like I think um, the driving thing, we tend to calm down as drivers, our drivers ourselves, but like get pickier about what other people are doing after we have kids or if our spouse is with us in the car, we're sort of like, you know, we're more thoughtful about what we have to lose in case of an accident. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've definitely become more of a uh, speed limit adherent <laughs> since becoming a parent. Totally. Um, and um, I, I definitely get more. It, it's funny. I, I usually go out of my way to not um, swear in front of my daughter. Uh, she's She's in grade two now, and I don't want her to be the one teaching some of these fancy new words to her class. So that, that's, that's my main motivation. I'm not, um, well that, and I don't want her, I don't want her swearing at my parents. Cause that would be, that would, that would just, Oh, I could not deal with that. You're such a better parent than me. Cause I'm like, it would be totally cool with me if my younger, who's also in grade two was the swearer of the classroom. <laughs> And see, this is not anything, it's not anything about like, you know, wanting her to be a better person or thinking that that's a better way to be. I just don't want the judgment of the other parents on me. <laughs> I, I'm, I've, I've, I've come to grips with the fact that I am going to be one of the people who's primarily responsible for all of the neuroses and weird quirks of my children. But I don't want to be the one who causes someone else's child to talk like a sailor. Fair enough. And have that parent look at me and say, you did this. <laughs> the, those, yeah, the, the judging stares in the hallway. I can't, I can't take that. <laughs> but no, but no, like I'm, I'm always, I, I try very hard to not swear in front of her. But the, the exception to that is when I'm driving, especially when she's in the car, if somebody does something, she will see and hear things that she never would otherwise, out of me at least. Right. And the main reason for that, that I'm so much worse about it, is because she is there. Right. If somebody cuts me off or almost hits me and I'm driving alone, you know, my heart rate won't even go up. Like he'll see a finger, but I'm just gonna like, yeah, whatever. I'm used to this. I see it every morning. When she's in the car, it's not like you almost cut me off. It's like you could have hurt my kid, and now I'm angry, and you're gonna hear about it. And. Uh, so, but like, and that, that's definitely being worse. Um, but then again, like you said, like that's like, once you become a parent, there's more at stake, I think. So, yeah. So it's less about, you know, what number age you are and more about the number of things you're responsible and that are valuable to you. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and then I guess, sorry, we kind of, kind of drifted a bit, but like <laughs> this is not kinda, the parenting podcast. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> It's, it's, it's one of those things that it's hard to, and maybe this is part of like why some people might have like the midlife crisis that I find it's very hard to keep the two sides of things distinct. You know, yeah. the, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a, I'm a, uh, an adult. I have my own likes and desires and wants and freedoms, well, diminishing freedoms. And I'm a parent, you know, they, the two sides can't be split apart at least not for me and um so i I think it definitely definitely ties in there i think that that might be part of why some people um end up having this kind of crisis is that they feel like they've maybe lost themselves like i am now a parent 
I'm not Jeff anymore. I am parent to Kaylin and Mila. You know, that the, the me doesn't exist anymore. This new thing, this new entity that is now this parent entity you know, has replaced him and uh, still likes all the things that he likes, but he's lost all the freedom that he got when he turned 18. Yeah. Um, and then some people, I guess, try to, to claw that back. Um, another thing I was thinking about with, with some of this stuff is like about at least with respect to the fact that I don't feel like I've felt a lot of the midlife pressure. And I'm wondering if, if, if some of that, if, if there's a difference between people who were um, less successful in say the high school scope of things. Um, Cause like, I think of, I think of like the Al Bundy's of the world, you know, um, high school football star, he peaked in high school right. and then the rest of his life was this slow descent into eventual death, yeah. you know? And I look back at my high school and I, you know, certainly compared to, to, to probably the four years before high school, it was definitely on the upswing. Um, but, you know, being, being the nerdy guy and that back before being a nerd was cool, um, liking things that were not in any way mainstream and stuff like that, you know, it was, it was not, the the uh, the glamorous experience that a lot of people had going through high school. I mean, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that even like kind of the the big football players and stuff like that, they had definitely their share of challenges. It's not like I don't think high school is really awesome for anybody. For anybody, yeah. Um, but you know, there's a certain level of success that some people attain there, at least socially, um, and then there are the 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 outsiders, um, so I'm I'm wondering if you know maybe I don't feel it as much because everything since then has been up, you know maybe 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 my midlife crisis will come instead of coming when I'm approaching forty when I'm approaching fifty or right. sixty or something like that. You're having your good decade now instead of when you're in your early twenties or whatever. Yeah, maybe or or maybe I mean I was thinking about it. Too. Like I've, I've been thinking about this a lot since City Slickers came on. It just—it's kind of been, kind of been sitting there, and like the idea of being 39 and oh, I'm going to be 40. It's like, eh. you know, I remember when my parents turned 40 and like their friends were turning 40 and like people were getting flamingos on their lawns, and it was a big deal and everybody had to like take out like really embarrassing pictures and poems for the paper, and I just don't—I don't see it. I'm, I'm going to be 40. I don't really. Like, eh, you know, um, 42 um, might be a little different because, like, I figured it out that when you turn 42, you're close. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, to bring this up <laughs> with you. Um, you're now closer to being a senior citizen than a senior in high school. Right. So that kind of is a, is a bit of a pivot point. I'm like, well, is that going to bother me? But I'll, but I'm a big Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan. When I turn 42, I'm going to be so happy. That's right. It's going to be the year. It is. So, it's, it's, it's where everything becomes crystal clear as to what your purpose and mission in life is. That, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. I hope yes. I've got. I've got I'll tell you so all about it when you get here. But it's I've, we were sworn to secrecy when we turned forty-two. <laughs> Can't tell you before that. Well, I'm keeping a list of questions I need answered. So, <laughs> oh no, you'll just you'll just know all the answers then. Oh, sweet! I think there's something about um, the hill metaphor that is so popular in those cheesy cards that when you start to glimpse the downward slide of things. Now, whether that's being closer to retiring than you were to the beginning of your career or being closer to your kids moving away from home than when your kids were born or, yeah, yeah being closer to death than being born. Um, there's something about, you know, glimpsing that finish line that... Uh, is sobering and I think I don't think we we get a lot of um, prep like mental prep from anything we've done before about how to think about um, the shortening timeline um, do you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean and, that, and that's the thing that was like how do you 
how do you prep for that? You know, like most of the things that we go through um, that we can't just kind of figure out ourselves, you know, you talk to somebody who's gone through it and they give you some of their experiences to help guide you. Yeah. You, you can't talk to a dead person and say, so what am, what am I going to expect here? Right. The only real piece of advice we get is nobody on their deathbed ever said they wanted to spend more time at work, which is, I mean, a pretty useless piece of advice. Yeah. I, I, funny you say that. I, I've had over the years, the, when I hear things like that, I have these like, these flights of fancy that I'm going to come up with like the best thing to say on my deathbed, (laughs) or I'm going to say something like that. Like on my deathbed, I want my last words to be, I wish I spent more time at work. <laughs> then then nobody can say that nobody said that. <laughs> You're such a just, contrarian, Jeff. I know. I'm just that's that's my little acts of rebellion. I love it. <laughs> I uh stuff stuff like that. Or um I don't know. I'm just I'm a goof, you know? Something like I've always wanted to come up with something really witty for my tombstone, but um, unfortunately, I'm not very witty. <laughs> I'm uh, I could probably come up with a great uh, uh, burp or fart joke for it, but witty, not so much. Right. Um, but you know, try your best. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, definitely the the hill metaphor for sure is the. Probably the th- the thing about that is that that's most striking is that you know you're going downhill you can't stop right right it's you're being pulled towards it it's it's gonna happen one way or the other and I think that's probably the the bit that's the hardest to deal with that you know even if you can prepare yourself you can't stop it I also think there's that effect where time feels like it's going faster you know like when you were in grade three and like summer holidays lasted forever it was so awesome summer but then the school year also lasted forever but now it's like oh my god it's 2015 like it just turned 2014 yesterday like how can time be moving this fast? And I think the combination of knowing you're on the second half of your life, plus the feeling that, um, that, that time is getting shorter. It's speeding up is really, it makes you panic. Yeah. The first, well, I, I started noticing time speeding up. I think it was grade 12. I, I started noticing it maybe maybe that's why i don't have i'm not having a midlife crisis i've been i've been in crisis mode since i graduated high school (laughs) um but i kind of realized that you know summer summers are getting shorter and i guess it was like the whole okay i'm going to university and i've got all this preparation to do and so my summer between high school and university wasn't really much of a it wasn't the same type of summer you know and and by this point there were summer jobs coming in and it was like even then i was looking back the glory days of of the the eight month summers that we'd have because yeah. it was it was eight months long right summer? it felt like it yeah and you could do everything and then it's like no no the summer's really short and the winter goes on forever um but yeah that, that was like you know maybe i'm an old soul or something but yeah i started yeah, but it, it gets worse and worse and worse and then then of course as soon as you have kids it's you know like we we waited six years between our two kids and long enough to forget a lot of, I guess, the pacing of things. Yeah. So I know that 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 typically second children, you know, come along a bit faster. Um, but it feels like the new one is just going like crazy. And um, I'm sure some of that is just that we don't remember how quickly it happened. But it's like all of a sudden she's a year old and she's walking and talking and running. And it's like, no, it doesn't happen as fast. <laughs> Where did the year go? Yeah. Oh, and the other one's in grade two? What? Yeah. Oh, and she reads books all by herself now. What? You know, it's... And she's better at Minecraft than me. Uh, Yeah. Both my kids are better at Minecraft than me or or Little Big Planet or anything like that. (laughs) What's really weird for me now is my older daughter's in grade six. And I remember things about grade six, like super clearly. Like I remember very, you know, day-to-day moments of grade six life. And, mm-hmm. and so for her to be going through that now and, and me thinking back to when I was that age and the things I was going through, it's like, wow, like I feel so close to my youth again. It's weird. 
and yet completely far away from my youth again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's like, I remember a bit earlier, like some of the like key points in that just because of we moved across the country. Right. So yes. uh, some of those memories made a little more lasting impression, but, but mundane things like, could I read a book? Right. You know, I don't remember when that started. Um, I remember like having like the little like book fair at school. Yeah. Um, still, we were in Nova Scotia, and I'd go to the room, and I'd look around, and I'd get, like, some of those uh, Mr. and Miss books. Yeah. And, uh, which, and stuff, yeah. Which, which my daughter has no time for. She's like, eh, she's never cared about those. And I was just like, what? <laughs> these, these were the best books ever. Classics. But, um, so I remember wanting those books, now, but I don't remember if I could read them. Um, like, I don't have that level of detail to my memory, and... So it's it's so shocking that that she's reading. She's she's a person and she's reading, and I made her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but it feels like just yesterday she was the one who was just stum like just barely stumbling around, and uh, so it's like I just think I feel like I'm gonna blink and then I'm gonna have a teenager, and that's probably what it's gonna end. If I if I'm going to have a midlife crisis, it's going to be when I have a teenager. Yeah, welcome to my life. She turns twelve in a month, a uh, couple months. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be the dad on the front porch with the shotgun oh, and the rocking don't chair. Be that dad. Oh, I don't want to be, but I do want to be. Because <laughs> I was a teenage boy, and I know we're horrible. Of course, I'm an adult man now, I and I know I'm girl, horrible. And you guys weren't that bad. I know. <laughs> but. Uh, Plus, yeah. I totally had it all under control. So, Dad, you can just back right off, okay? <laughs> I'm not meeting him. We're going to the movie. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it does make you feel old mm. thinking about your kid dating. See, and part, part of it is the whole, like, the not my daughter or, like, I'm really on the front porch being that, that kind. And part of it is just my sense of humor wanting to mess with people. <laughs> Yeah. I want I want yeah. to see this boy's face when it's he comes around the corner. It's role that you want to be, not really about them. Yeah. Yeah, well, and just seeing the look on this kid's face when he comes around the corner of my house and I'm sitting in a rocking chair on my front step in a pair of old overalls <laughs> with a shotgun, maybe with a piece of wheat sticking out of my teeth, you know, just looking like that stereotypical, you know, redneck hillbilly father that you got to get around if you want to date my daughter <laughs> just to see the look on his face and I'll, I'll of course i'll have a camera on him because it's gonna be funny but um of course it'll traumatize my daughter and i probably won't actually go through with it unless she, unless she pisses me off so uh. <laughs> but see but see right here this perfect example is that we're trying to talk about um our aging at heart midlife and that but it's so hard to peel apart from the parent thing. Yeah. You know, and I think that is definitely, you know, something that is, I can see something that could be, could be happening. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily know that I've got any midlife crisis symptoms. Um, at least none that I'm really conscious of. Yeah. Um, although maybe as we keep talking, I will discover some, <laughs> um, but I could see, I could see that bit, you know, like, um, like one thing that I've definitely like, I mentioned that my daughter's better at Minecraft than me. Um, I love games. Like, like I the only the whole reason I'm in um, an industry where I work with computers is because I started playing computer games, yeah. and at some point wanted to make them. And then I don't know where that idea went, but maybe someday I will. I don't know. Um, but games got me into computers, and I so rarely play games anymore. I try to you try to carve out a little time for it, but so much stuff is more important than that. And, you know, it's, it's the little, that's a little piece of, it's a little piece that I've lost, you know, um, admittedly, it's a, a very easy one to get back, you know, send the, send the kids away for a weekend and, and or play seven. with your kids, but she's better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we've game that you can both learn at the same speed. It'd be interesting. Like if I, when I have somebody who's middle-aged and, no kids it'd be interesting to talk with them and find out if they still have some of these feelings that aren't tangled up with parenting i'm sure there's always something you know i mean even if um I'm sure i bet they actually attribute it to not having kids 
like in yep. crisis they're going through is like realizing that that ship has sailed and whether they wanted to have kids or not, they're not having kids. Yeah. Or if, if they're married and no kids, you know, just the, I mean, cause all of these life changes involve, you know, you, you, you choose to give up some personal freedom yep. in exchange for something that you've decided is more important. You know, you get married. It's like, I'm not free to do everything yep. I want completely. But I've decided that I want to be with this person and we are better together than separate. Um, and then same thing with kids. You know, you're deciding that I am better or my life will be better with these children than, than I am on my own. Um, so it's all, it's all conscious. But I'm sure, I'm sure no matter what kind of stage in your life you're at, like whether it's married or unmarried or with kids or without kids, there's, you know, you, you, you always trade personal freedom for stuff, right? So. I Guess We're Grownups Now is sponsored by Campaign Monitor. Campaign Monitor is a company that helps you create, send, monitor, and manage email newsletters. Goodstuff.fm uses Campaign Monitor to create our nice-looking, informative, and always clever newsletters. At campaignmonitor.com, you can find lots of useful tools to help you create beautiful messages to send to your audience. Thousands of groups, large and small, use Campaign Monitor to create newsletters that look great everywhere, including mobile devices. Thanks to Campaign Monitor for supporting good stuff, and I guess we're grown-ups now. You know, that, maybe that's something. That's something that's always bothered me about midlife. Like the idea of the midlife crisis is that it's very um, presumptuous, you know, to, to 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 have one. Like if you have a midlife crisis, you're saying. Basically, I've got double the number of years I've had so far in my allotment, right? Mm -hmm. So as long as I've been alive, I've got this much to go. That's I would never say that. I don't know how long I've got. Yes, that, that's the only thing that bothers me about a midlife crisis. It's that how dare you presume you've got as much time left? No. Like you, you asked, I think, earlier about, about if I've had any midlife crisis-type symptoms. And mm -hmm. I think I danced off sideways about that and didn't really answer you. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm starting to to see that, you know, the the dreams that I had when I was younger, or maybe not even dreams, expectations yeah. for what my life would become. It's it's I'm reaching the point where some of those have to leave the list. You know, and that maybe that's that maybe that's the trigger for for a midlife crisis for somebody. Totally. Is when, it's when you're like, okay, it's time to give up on some dreams. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's and and that there has been a bit of bit of that, you know. Like there was always, like, I never gave like when I think back to when I was in high school and thinking about what my career path was going to be, I missed it by so much. Um, like I I did well in school. Like I'm I'm definitely a like you said like a classroom learner. I do I do well at um, absorbing stuff and regurgitating it back. Um, so it was like oh well, you've got you've got good grades. What are you going to be? Well. People who get good grades become doctors. So I didn't think about anything else. It's like, okay, I'll get to university. I'll take biology classes until I can go into medicine. And then, of course, took a gross anatomy class. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like, I liked, I liked the heart. I really liked that. But then they made me study the brain. And it's all these squiggly bits that look identical to each other but are different. And you're supposed to know the difference. And it's like, I said to somebody, I said, I don't care about that. Can I just do the bits I like? And they're like, no, no, you can't do that. So if I was in high school, if I, and, and the thing is, if I, at the time, I didn't think about that at all. It's like, well, you know, this is what, this is what you do when you get good grades. Um, if I had been more critical about it, I probably would have learned what engineering was a lot earlier in my life. Mm -hmm. And I probably would have gone into engineering and I probably would have had, um, I tend to think I probably would have ended up in a similar position to where I am now. The path just would have been a little clearer, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but when I think back to where, like, just at graduation from high school and, like, what I saw in front of me, and then even when I look back to when I finished university and what I saw in front of me and where I am now, like, there's there's a lot of great stuff in my life, stuff I never could have figured out, stuff I never could have predicted, you know? I never, at that point, would have thought of, like, um, family type stuff and how yeah. fulfilling that can be. But career standpoint, it's like, you know, leaving high school, I figured that, you know, I'd be like this super rich doctor doing super rich doctor stuff and 
curing crazy diseases and stuff. And yeah, no, that didn't happen. So then it's like, okay, leaving university, it's like, okay, well, you know, so I'm going to be some big, like, super rich computer guy or something like that. I'm going to found some company. You're not going to work for the man. I'm going to work for me. And it's going to be all like the valley lifestyle and all that stuff. And, you know, completely disconnected from reality, right? Yeah. But this is what you look forward and you see. And then you, re- you realize that, okay, well, I'm now where I thought I would be. Right. Like age-wise. Yeah. And this is a much more realistic life. This is a this is a real life. I've got a real career. I've got a career I really like, but it's still like you know I'm working for somebody. I'm not some kind of a a superstar or anything like that, and I haven't I haven't really changed the world as yeah. it were. Yeah. And this is this is stuff that I think about, and you know it doesn't. I think because I'm happy with what I'm doing. It doesn't bring me down, right. but it is a bit jarring to look at the the contrast between what I expected for myself, the expectations I set for myself, and it was all self imposed. You know, nobody was oh totally right. yeah. And then realizing that I haven't lived up to my own expectations, right, is kind of, and I could see that being a trigger for for a lot of because I don't imagine that anybody leaves high school or university or anything like that thinking I'm going to have an ordinary life. Right. No, nobody thinks that. And I imagine if you got to midlife and realized, and you know, you're going through the thought process, the thought process that you just described. And, and if you weren't happy with your life, like in addition to it being completely different than you thought it would be, that it turns out it actually kind of sucks. I mean, that would be, that would be crisis generating for sure. Yeah, yeah, and so I think I think that's the, you know, I do have some of those, I guess, maybe precursor symptoms. Yeah, might be a way of, of saying, like, you know, definitely the, uh, the disconnect. And you know, obviously, those are like really big examples. You know, like the whole I didn't found a bajillion dollar tech company. You know, of course, of course I didn't. But you know, there's 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 smaller little things too. You know, like I used to write a lot in high school. And uh, I was really passionate about it. And then you know, I had one bad English teacher who um, basically managed to sour me on it all. And then every now and then I look back and I was like, well, what, how would life be different if I had kept with that? You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's like looking back at I had so much potential to go in any direction and this is the one I chose. Right. Um, ignoring the fact that maybe I didn't have potential for all of those directions. <laughs> but at the time I did. At the yeah. time I thought I did. It, it, I, I still have two years till I reach Billy Crystal levels, and um, so maybe in the next two years, maybe I won't be as happy with career type stuff, and maybe this this, this nascent displeasure with my ability to live up to my own standards uh, will will grow. Maybe I'll have a sports car, and I'll be getting hair plugs or something two or years from now found a multi-million dollar company i think the sports car is more likely um <laughs> come on although a multi-million dollar tech company would certainly allow me to get a very nice sports car <laughs> uh, do you th- what what things in your life do you think you're better at because of being older being older 37 38 um but, you know, as opposed to when you were 20, what things do you think you're better at? Well, I mean, there's the obvious stuff, right? Like work type stuff, like any, anything career related, you know, you do it longer, you get better. Um, yeah. Which, so, I mean, I guess that doesn't really count, you know, just by, by not rage quitting my industry, I have managed to grow better at it. Um, I think I am better at, how to, how to say it, um, it may be surprising to you, and well, anybody that knows me that hears it, but I'm better at being um, considerate of people now than I was for sure. Um, like I'm, I'm the type of person I've always done um, what I need to do to get a laugh, and I have gotten better at not always taking the presented um, opportunities, mm-hmm. like. If if something is served up to me like a T ball, yeah. 
you know, all you have to do is swing and you're going to, it's going to go over the fence. But, you know, that's going to make that person feel really bad. More often now, I don't take those, those, um, those opportunities. Yeah. Um, I still do sometimes. Like there are some people that I know, like, and, and these are people that I, I tend to get along with the best people that they give as good as they get. And they, like, I don't, I don't really get offended. I get fake offended. Right. I get, I get loud offended, but I don't really take much offense to anything. Um, and I know a few people that are, that are like that as well. So we can have a lot of fun together and we can get really nasty at each other. Um, but, and, but sometimes like in the past, I would serve that up to whoever was around. Right. And, uh, of course, you know, you're young and dumb. You don't really think about other people, like, especially if it's something like I always used to, I guess, I guess probably the best way to phrase all of this rambling bit here is that I've become more empathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to look at, at somebody and I'd be like, well, if somebody said that to me, I would laugh. I think that's funny. You know, so I'd go ahead and do it. Right. Because um, everybody must be like you. and Or if they're not, that's their own fault. Yeah. Or if I even really thought that far, yeah. just like think, hey, this will be funny. Yeah. Go, you know, and and like there, I mean, there's definitely still times when I certainly go way beyond where I should stop, <laughs> but I have gotten better. I think that that's the, the thing that I've certainly come a, a good way on. And once again, to circle back, um, having a kid, yeah. uh, helps with that because you know i find that i have to consider everything i'm saying when they're around yeah um and like in particular like i'm i've been trying very consciously to pause before i respond to my daughter mm-hmm. um because especially if it's something that i've said don't do that several times it did it, it, if you know every day for the last for the last week i've had to say no Please don't use the couch as a jungle gym, right? On the on the seventh day, I don't say please don't use that as a jungle gym. I'm like, get off the couch already! I've been telling you for a week, and it's that. I mean, for that particular day, everything's been fine. And then all of a sudden, ah, rage dad. So it's kind of like trying to be conscious of everything I say and how I say it, um, and that is, I mean, I think spread to. You know, not just my kids, also like colleagues and, and friends and stuff like that. And so that's definitely what I'm better at now that I'm older. Do you um, think there's things you're worse at now that you're older? Things you think you did better when you were 20, 25 than 35, 40? I'm, I'm certain there are. Um, I don't, I don't. I don't think I learn as fast. Come as on, I admit to. some flaws. I don't learn as fast as I used to. See, it's it's hard for me because um, a lot of people would say things like like is I've heard, I've heard you talk about you know um, I wake up now and I hurt and I don't know why stuff like that. But like I was never in any way athletic growing up um, until later. You're in better shape now. Well, yeah, because a few years ago, my doctor told me she's like she said that the which is the good cholesterol was too low, and the only thing I could do about it was to get off the couch. Um, so I took up running. So um, I'm more athletic. <laughs> I use that term very loosely. I'm more athletic now than I've ever been in my life. Right. So um, like a lot of a lot of the things you get worse at as you get older are like being in shape and stuff like that. So not that, but um, definitely. I'm, I'm slower. I'm slower to learn things, mm. um, which I don't know if it's the the fact that my brain is old now, or or if it's full, or if it's just that just distracted. You know. Um, For me, I I mean, I would agree. I I have the same sort of issue where I'm slower to learn. Part of me wonders whether I was just a better classroom learner mm. than you know self taught learner or like internet tutorial learner. I, I, I was good at classroom learning and I just don't get a lot of that anymore. The, the thing about when you're in a situation where there is classroom learning is that, you know, um, the stress you have there 
is different, right? Like, if, like, like if you're in university, again, it's definitely, you know, I've I've talked about this with people before, and I'm like, oh, I miss school. I wish I had that kind of stress again. And when you say that in front of somebody who's in university, um, it, it sounds very condescending. Yeah. Um, and well, I guess it is. Um, but <laughs> if I'm <laughs> Sorry. more condescending at this age, is that better at something or worse at something? <laughs> I think you're better at seeing the world realistically, um, but you but you are worse at sugarcoating things for the little uh, the little glass flowers that are in university right now. Um, like I'm sorry, like the fact that oh I failed a class, I'll have to take it again, versus I screwed up so hard at work I can't pay my mortgage. Right. Like the 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 level of stress is is very different, um, but I mean it's still stressful. Like for for what you're going through. It is your only. It is your main stress, like right. getting through these classes and that. But that's the, the thing that even if like whether it's a, a classroom learner type of thing or just in general, you've got that pressure just on the learning. Right now, you try and learn something. You've got oh, there's the kids, and there's my spouse, and then there's my job, and there's oh, wait a minute, how much is left in that account again? Um, when does that bill come out? Oh yeah, wait wait no, Shh, I'm trying to learn. Yeah. You know, it's, you've got all that pressure focusing you on learning in the classroom setting, whereas now it's you're trying to get at. So like the distraction part of it, definitely, um, there's a lot more noise going through your head. Um, so yeah, learning, I'm worse at that. Um, I'm worse at going with the flow. Mm. I'm far worse at being spontaneous. Um, Bar hopping, I don't do anymore. Um, yeah. I used to be like, hey, are we going to go out? Yeah, what bar are we going to start at? What are we going to end at? I don't care where we end at, as long as, I, as long as I'm at home sometime tomorrow. <laughs> um, now it's like, you know, a couple weeks in advance planning to go for dinner. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm worse at being spontaneous. I'm worse at being fun. Aww. So no, funny. I'm just... I'm just kidding. I was <laughs> I was never fun. Uh, I was a band geek. I was a nerd. I never had fun. But but yeah, I mean, like you know, this is stuff that again, it's the type of thing you know you you trade, um, you trade some of those things for for the new things, right? Yeah, the new fun. You're way better at making money. <laughs> yes. That mortgage. Unfortunately, I'm way better at spending it too. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. It's interesting. The other day, I I think I've changed a lot since I was young, even a young adult. Like, I think my personality has changed quite a bit. Certainly, the things I think important in her life have changed a lot. But I was talking to somebody who said, who told me that they didn't feel like they had changed a lot, like, fundamentally their core values or philosophy hadn't changed a lot since they were young. Do you feel like you've changed a lot since, you know, since you graduated high school or since you graduated university? For sure. Like the, like I said, like going with the flow, you know, being easygoing. I'm, I'm in a lot of ways, way less easygoing than I used to be. Like I get uptight about stuff that, um, just, I, driving i never used to have road rage i never used to like i knew there were bad drivers i didn't care now i get and it's like this is the type of thing that i try to um the i guess the the way i know that i've changed is that i am finding more things that i want to work on uh you know like the the anger thing is something like i'm not a i'm not a i'm not really an angry person but I find that I get very angry about some things. Right. Um, and it, a lot of times they tend to be things that I have no control over. I can't do anything about. Um, I really enjoyed uh, your episode with um, the other Hillary. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because like, just over the, maybe the last year, I've started paying attention to, uh, to civic politics. More so than just the, the really loud things. Yeah. Like, like paying attention to the little things, not just the, hey, somebody wants to put a dome over downtown type of big, grandiose, stupid things. All of the little things, and I find myself getting angry about them. Mm-hmm. And I, I stopped, like, last week, and I stopped and I thought, okay, why am I angry? Yeah. 
what changes with me being angry? Like I can be incredulous. I can be disturbed. I can be upset about this stuff, but why angry? You know, and I, and I never used to get like angry about things that it used to be the type of thing where it's like, you know, I can't affect this. I can't change it. No reason to be angry about it. Keep like a level head about it. And, you know, maybe there's a way I can change some of this stuff. But I find that like stuff like that, especially stuff in the world too, like all the, the ISIS stuff going on, the, the stuff down in Ferguson that happened. Yeah. Um, the Gamergate and all that stuff. It's, and that, like that, that type of stuff really, and I know it's like one of the worst things apparently to say is that, you know, because I have daughters, this is more important to me. Um, no, but to say you're more sensitive to it because. Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially because my, like I'm, I'm in this industry. I'm in, and I love what I do. Um, I really like it. Like it's, it's my job and it's my hobby. And the idea of my daughter following, one of my daughters following my footsteps, you know, for the longest time, I was kind of like, hey, that's, that would be cool. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, now that a lot of this stuff is becoming, it's becoming more, more apparent to those of us that don't live it, how bad some of that stuff is for women. Yeah. I, mm, you know, like I want my daughter to choose a career that makes her happy, that makes her feel fulfilled, that, um, that is her passion, you know, the, the, the main reason that I'm maybe, maybe the main reason that I'm not having a career based midlife crisis is that what I do, it, I am passionate about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it is like I come home from work I, I, and I have my own programming projects because I enjoy it. Um, I unwind by writing code when I spent all day writing code. That doesn't make any sense, but I do it. Um, and I want my daughter to find something like that, that really, that my daughters. See, I'm still getting used to the fact that there's two of them. Um, I want my daughters to to embrace that and, and and do that. And if it happens that one of them wants to go into tech or both of them want to go into tech, I'll be happy for them, but I'll be miserable for them at the yeah. same time. And this stuff, like this is the type of thing, it gets me really angry. And I don't know that my anger is productive. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anger comes from fear and a feeling of helplessness, right? Yeah. So figuring out what to do with that is can be challenging for sure. And I think when you're younger, maybe you kid yourself. You're, um, you believe wrongly that you can sort of affect these, but by the time you've reached your late 30s, early 40s, you've seen... An, you know, history repeat itself so many times that you're starting to feel futile about it, right? Like mm -hmm. that there's that there isn't hope to change yeah. the world and making it actually better because we worked so hard to make it better and it still sucks. Yeah. I mean, not that I ever really worked hard to change anything, but um, <laughs> but I didn't get angry about it, you know? So, I mean, right. my temperament, my temperament has definitely um, changed since I was in my 20s. Um, but at the same time, my my general awareness of things has has, has gone way up. Yeah, um, I've always been I've always been a, a big history buff. Like even and that's another thing I can attribute to getting from my dad is that I've always been interested in history, like ancient history, relatively modern history, everything like that. So I've always been, even when I was young, well versed on what has happened. Um, but less in touch with what is happening, mm. and I've found that that has been swinging. Um, like I'm still, I'm still a huge history fan and stuff like that. But I'm paying more attention to what's going on now than I ever did when I was in my twenties. Um, back then, it was more about what's going on now. Is like where are we going tonight? Right. And now it's like all of this stuff, yeah. <laughs> which which isn't necessarily a good thing. I don't think. Um, you know, I know people that just don't know about some of these things going on in the world. And, you know, ignorance is bliss. And these people tend to be generally happier than me. Right. Yes. Um, yeah. And part of me thinks maybe I should just go on an information diet and cut it all out. But yeah. that in and of itself terrifies me. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the idea of being ignorant about stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, or more so, I don't want 
my kids to bring something from the big scary world to me that I'm not prepared for. Mm, yeah. Like as much as possible, I want to know what's out there so that if it, if if it enters our world, I at least am familiar with it, right? right. So yeah, some access to resources to deal. Yeah. You know, that's a, all of that is different than when I was 20. Yeah. Um, I'm, and this is this is something I've heard you talk about as well before, or express an interest in talking about. And uh, so I'm not trying to not trying to, to branch off here, but the I was a lot better at um, making friends oh, when I yeah. was younger. Because um, just like when you're 20, something like, that, like if you're in school or if you're fresh out of school or something like that, you're forced into more um, social situations. You know, you go to a class where it's got all these people, and oh, group project, you've got to meet people. Um, so when I when I'm put in a situation like that, then you know, put on the extrovert mask and get along with everybody, and you know, you end up making friends, and some of those people actually um, persist past the mask, and you get to really know them. Um, now though, it's like, like I know people who are like super good friends with the people they live around, um, which you know I can see. Yes, if I meet one of my neighbors and we have a lot in common and we get along great, awesome. But I'm not going to be friends with somebody just because we happen to buy property adjacent to each other. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not that way. I'm not like we have we have pretty good neighbors where we are now. You know, they keep to themselves and they leave me alone. Yeah. Um, you know, we say hi, we have a little bit of small chit-chat and that, but I'm not inviting them over for a barbecue. Um, I'm not going to go hang out at their house just because, you know, I don't know enough about them to, yeah. to, and I don't really necessarily feel that, that need to. Like, you know, the same same sort of thing with uh, parents at the school. Mm-hmm. Standing in the hallway waiting for my daughter to come out, I, I talk to these parents, we get along great. Um, actually, it was yesterday going to pick up my daughter, I'm walking up the front walk to the school, one of the other parents comes up, and we had been talking on like, kids in the same class for at least two years, um, saying hi and talking and stuff like that. They were walking up, and like this past, over the last week and a half, his, I guess his schedule has been different, so he's been there um, picking up his son pretty much every day. And we're walking up to the front of the, the school, and he's like, oh, hey, I guess uh, we should probably actually meet. And he says, introduces himself, and uh, it's like, yeah, I guess so. And it's like, you know, here's somebody I've been seeing almost on a daily basis for two years and talking to and stuff like that. But, you know, our kids are in the same class. That's not a foundation for a friendship, you know? <laughs> um, at least uh, I don't think so. Like when I was when I was in my 20s, sure, hey, right. whatever, you know? Um, somebody every day was enough to say you knew them. Yeah. Wow, it's like, I don't know that guy. I see yeah. him more often than I see my parents, but I don't know him. Yeah. And like, and I have not, I mean, he seems like a really nice guy. I mean, right. so I, I, I hope he doesn't uh, end up hearing this. I don't think he would, if he, because I've already forgotten his name. Um, I feel so bad, but I wasn't expecting, like, I wasn't expecting, I'm going to meet somebody. Get right. your, get your mind ready to record a name. Right. Um, like, and I'm, I'm, I've got, ooh, that's one of my big, you know, social things is that when I meet somebody new, I will probably go a month without using their name. Right. Um, even if I'm 100% sure what their name is, I won't use it in front of them until I've heard other people use it to a certain, some threshold gets crossed and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do it. You know, okay. one of my like key grown up skills that I've I've honed over the last few years is the completely honest, completely like abject. I am so sorry, but I can't remember your name. And people, of course they'll tell you, but it like, but I'm happier because I stopped pretending that I remember their name or mm-hmm. I, I don't have to avoid like, saying their name or making the awkward introduction where I don't know their name. I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. I don't remember your name. Say it again. (laughs) And it just gets you past that. Well, that, that situation I'm better with. If I, if I legitimately don't remember their name, I can tell them that it's when I think I don't know it, (laughs) but, but I do know it. I I know full well that I know their name. Pretend you don't know it. Okay. But then I would do it every day for a month. (laughs) 
it's 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 the dumbest little neurotic thing uh, and you know i've tried the the bit that i've read i've read some stuff about this where you like when you first meet somebody as soon as you're meeting them say their name right back to them name, yeah and say it as much as you can in that first meeting and it'll all stick in that and i've tried that and it has worked but i chicken out it's well and it's hard to hard to remember to do that because you don't sometimes you don't know if you're meeting them for 30 seconds or for three hours uh, what do you think the worst thing about being a grown-up is? The worst thing is probably the the the, the responsibility. You know, it 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 comes down to the, to that. I think you know, I'm you're no longer able like it. That's that's the kind of the and this, this is something I guess maybe that ties more into midlife necessarily than just general being a grown-up. So you know, you turn eighteen, you're an adult now. Here's some freedom. You know, here's all this freedom. Do what you want, with it within reason, I guess, or within your means. And then now that you get towards theoretically the middle, um, hopefully not yet. Um, I'm sure that's 15 or 20 years away for you. Well, my grand my grandmother lived to 98, so that hey, would all right. That's that would give me a nice good run yet still. Um, of course, she treated herself a lot better than I did. Um, <laughs> But yeah, but so like you become a grown up and it's like, here's all this freedom. And then as you become a middle-aged grown up, where did it go? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's the responsibility. And it's not even, it's not even that the freedom is gone. It's that there's this weight on you to not exercise that freedom for yourself. Oh, that's such a, such a sad way of putting it. But it's so right. Yeah. It's like, but it's, it's true. It's like, you know, I, I would love to go to like I would love to go to Mexico next week, um, but yeah, these kids need somebody to watch them. Yeah, and my wife would kill me if I went without her. Um, just kidding, honey. I'd take you with me. <laughs> what do you think the best thing about being a grown-up is? The 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 first thing I think is the 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 freedom to eat a whole pie in a day. Oh. But I, I bumped that from the list when a few days ago I ate a whole pie, and <laughs> I, it was simultaneously awesome and horrible. Which um, is another recurring theme on this show. Yeah, it was. Well, it was a lemon meringue pie, so it was very light. I didn't feel, and it wasn't overly sweet. It was actually a very good pie. Nice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, now I want pie again. Um, <laughs> But like the, the, the freedom to be able to do that, that is, you know, like that type of thing. But I got it. it and it's the real answer, though. And this is not just a, this is probably def, this is definitely not a general thing. Um, it's very much specific to me. Um, well, not just me, but uh, and it's very cliched. And it sounds like this is the answer you're supposed to give. Um, but for me, the best thing is my kids. Yeah. You know, and they, the just the fact that, you know, I made them hmm. and they're doing things like they're like, wow. Yeah. I, I made something that can read a book and the kind of the, the, the nerd and the scientist in me like sees that. And that's like, that's fascinating. Right. Like, yeah. If I, if I built a robot that could read a book, totally. I would be like, ah, oh, that's so awesome. And I basically did. I built a biological robot that can read a book. Yeah. Mine can play awesome. a clarinet, which is something I never, ever learned to do. So wow. my robot, flesh robot, is, like, smarter <laughs> than me. It is amazing. Yeah, and see, and then, like, this kind of loops back around to the worst thing. Like, the responsibility is that, you know, this is, I am responsible for the lives of other humans. Yeah. So it's it's that double-edged sword. And, yeah, like, yeah. So much, so much of this stuff has been about parenting. Like, it's it's hard to separate it, your adult life from your parenting when 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 you are a parent. I I definitely think that's the most annoying thing for non-parents to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Pampers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, but so yeah, so it's like you know, you know, it's the type of thing, and that, like, obviously, it's not, it's not, it's not everybody. I mean, if you don't have kids, you're not 
Yeah, you're certainly not enjoying having kids. Um, you might very much enjoy not having kids. Well, maybe um, you actually made a robot that can read with oh, your spare time that parents don't have. Oh, yeah, and then you can just turn it off when you want to go to Mexico. Oh, my gosh. The best. <laughs> Um, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I am on Twitter, um, mostly retweeting people who are smarter than me um, and making snide remarks about things that people that are dumber than me have said. Um, at least I like to convince myself. Uh, so yeah, I'm at Jeff Reed, R-E-A-D, like a book. And I have recently started another blog that uh, will probably fizzle like the other ones have at uh, iamread.com yeah it's awesome. boring but it's for me yeah. this this is this is me trying to recapture something trying to get back to writing awesome well thank you for being here and thanks for talking about midlife with me and uh yeah thanks for having me it's been awesome you can find i guess we're grown-ups now on the web there's links to things we talked about at goodstuff.fm slash grown-ups slash 13. We're also on iTunes where you can subscribe so that you can get the show automatically each time a new episode comes out. And you can rate and review the show if you like it. I'm also on Twitter at grownups underscore FM. All the thank yous in the world to my guest Jeff, to goodstuff.fm for hosting, and to Campaign Monitor for sponsoring us. But most of all, thank you for listening and telling your friends about the show. Talk to you again soon.